How do you pray for those you love? Are your requests general or specific? This is Friday, September 1st. You ever make note of your prayers and return to remember so that you can see what prayers God has answered? Pete Grieg is a pastor and leader of one of the biggest prayer movements in the world right now. His journey toward a more engaged prayer life began in 1999 when he was awakened by his wife in the middle of the night. Her name is Sammy, and she spoke to him and sounded afraid. It's my leg. I can't feel it. It won't move, she said to him. He thought she had a leg cramp, and he was ready, and she was ready to laugh it off when suddenly her arm jerked. She let out a gasp, a yell of pain. Soon she was in full-fledged seizure. Her arms tightened, her face twisted. He said, It's a terror to wake in the night to see the face you love more than any other leering demonically. The image stains your memory, and it doesn't fade. By now Sammy's eyes, those beautiful summer blue eyes, had turned to moons of white, and her body seemed to be shaking with superhuman effort. She forced out a single desperate word, pray. Pete believed he was watching his wife die. He called emergency and prayed. He begged God to make the convulsions stop so that she could breathe. He prayed in the name of Jesus. He tried to have faith. Yes, Sammy survived that evening. She was taken to the hospital. Though she had just given birth to their second child just seven weeks before, They found she had a brain tumor the size of an orange. Talking about prayer becoming, talk about prayer becoming real and more desperate. And so did their faith. Yes, she came through the surgery, but those moments and the days that followed made it clear that Pete had used prayer to get what he wanted in life. This moment and the times of prayer that followed drove him to a new depth of relating to God a new depth now manifest in his prayers, experienced and enjoyed in his prayers. As I read the stories of those who believe in Jesus, stories like that of the Greeks, I am drawn to them, and here's why. They reflect the way life really is. They're not from a dream world, they're from our world. And that leads to our text for today, John chapter 17, verse 6 to 7. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know everything you have given me comes from you. At this point, Jesus transitions in his prayer in the way the high priest did on the Day of Atonement. After praying for himself as Jesus began, He turned his attention to his immediate disciples. He knows what they will endure. He knows what they will face. And he also knows what they need. In his prayer, Jesus reminds the Father that the disciples were given to him. Though Jesus called them, they are part of the Father's plan to bring the message of the gospel into the world. Perhaps we miss this when we read Jesus' prayer, but let's not miss it. How bonded Jesus is to the disciples he loves. He pours out his heart on their behalf. He calls on the Father to care for them and protect them. 
I don't know about you, but I pray more for myself than others. But Jesus, he spends most of his prayer on his disciples and also praying for you and me. I need help to turn my prayer to focus on others. I tend to discipline myself to pray for others through a prayer list. I write down the names of the men in my Tuesday morning Bible study group, and we pray for each other and share prayer needs with each other each week. I will often go through the members of my family and pray for them one at a time. This week I'm praying for my daughter-in-law who's set to deliver a baby girl any minute now. I am thanking God for the new job my son Nathan has landed. I am praying for my son-in-law as he is preparing to lead his church through the fall and casting vision for them. I am praying for my daughter who is now mothering three children, the youngest less than three months old. I am praying for my other son and daughter-in-law who live across the country. They are preparing to be parents later this year. And I am also praying for my wife and the work she has to complete this week. There is so much to pray about. And this is just the start of my list. But how does it affect you to know that Jesus is praying for you? I want to return to Pete Grieg and his wife, Sammy. As I said, Sammy came through the surgery, though she has ongoing issues. But in the process, Pete learned to pray. And soon he was helping others pray as well. And ultimately, he began a prayer ministry that reaches around the world in which people are sustaining a 24-7 time of prayer. You could say they're handing off the baton of prayer to each other the way the Olympic torch is carried around the world. Here's what Pete says. Can I be honest with you? I'm actually not into prayer. I'm into Jesus, so we talk. I don't believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of God, so I ask for his help a lot. You see, prayer is not a duty, it's a relationship, an opportunity to spend time with God seeking his face for the benefit of others, and for ours as well. It is the chief way we can know, experience, and enjoy God. Now about lists, that's one of the ways that's helped me be a little bit more disciplined in prayer, but it it may not be your way. I think the point is to find your way. Find any way that will help you to come to God for the sake of those you love, as we see Jesus doing in our text for today. Let's pray. Father, maybe we have unhealthy expectations of what prayer is meant to be, or how much we're supposed to pray. Thank you that Jesus takes the shoulds out of our relationship through the gospel. I pray that we might learn that we can freely come to you, we can enjoy you, and that our prayer might be that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. 